the Lion of Katanga, they once called him, Georges Clément, ex-planter, ex-Congo mercenary leader. One of Chombe's generals, he led a motley collection of adventurers in the Congo uprising. He fought his way to Rwandi, was repatriated to Belgium, and finally settled in England in Fulchester, where he married. But the lion couldn't forget his old ways, and today he finds himself in Fulchester Crown Court, charged with treason. This is our Everest. Greetings, culture vultures, and welcome to This Is Our Everest, a podcast about crime. Yeah. Today. Crown Court. Yeah. Now, this is the last episode in the current series. Yep. We, we move on to uh, Advent Calendar, and I'm not sure how much of a good idea that is. Uh, we've both seen the full list of programmes, but are we going to keep these like surprises? Open up each um, door, you know, whatever. I Something don't know. ceremonial. I don't know, really. Yeah, I mean, it'll waste a bit of time from the bullshit we've got to talk about. 24 days, 24 Christmas specials. And this is the 26th edition. So by the time we've finished the advent calendar, that'll be 50. Yeah. And and then any anyone who complains when we take uh, a break until the new year can just <laughs> do one. Because these programs suck balls. We are However, debasing ourselves for you. Crown Court does no, not we, suck we balls. deserve a treat. And this is very much that treat. This is Crown Court is a program is one of the iron horses of broadcasting. It's yeah. a program that I'm too young really to remember. It, mm-hmm. it ran from nineteen seventy two to nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Produced by Granada Television. Yeah. For ITV. I understand, wasn't it shown in sort of early afternoon? It was. Yeah, this is uh, in the same way as Which Pebble Mill. Which seems Mil- a terrible, terrible waste. Yeah, I mean, this um, was put on at one thirty. I think it would be, in the afternoon. The bit ITV would have news at 1. What were they doing? Yeah. And- this is the... It, if there was a better programme than Crown Court on ITV at the time... I want to know what well, it is. Well, the thing is, it was unbelievably cheap to make. Well, I'm sure you it know, was. There, but were, that there were, as far as I recall, two sets. There was it doesn't the... mean that it's not the best thing on ITV. Oh, it was. I mean, the the quality of it is just so much better than you feel as if you deserve. Well, um... each one is it is riveting. I mean, each one is basically a dramatised court case. Mm-hmm. As you say, there are only two sets. There's inside the courtroom, and sometimes you have the sort of waiting area outside the courtroom. Yeah. So that's that's your two yeah. sets. There was essentially a sort of a rotating cast of actors, a sort of a repertory company. Yeah. That had some pretty big names in there. Yeah. In the episode that we're watching, Richard Wilson was essaying the role of Jeremy Parsons QC, which he did a number of times. Yeah. Uh, J- John Horsley was playing the judge. Yeah. Justice Mowbray. Yeah. Which he did a number of times. There were also. Yeah, that's Doc Morrissey out of uh, The Fallen Rise original parent. Yeah. People, all sorts of big name stars and uh, lots of up and coming stars got their big break 
in Crown Court. Yeah. There were 879 episodes yeah. of Crown Court made, and I would like to see every single one. I've got a feeling that there is at least a good couple of hundred on YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, YouTube's absolutely packed. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it, it's ideal daytime TV. This is a conversation that we had before on the House Party podcast yeah when we talked about that that the expansion of the hours for programming increased from 1972 yes and companies had to suddenly fill this gap with something that was cheap that would have a targeted advertising demographic and would basically make more money than it cost yeah. So if you build one set, yeah. basically, with a big bit and a little bit, and you just keep that as permanent because that, like that, that studio there, that set there is for that fills that half an hour a day. Mm. This is just absolute knockout. Yeah. I'm surprised that every child in the UK didn't just bunk off school all the time. Yeah. yeah. Look, just to watch Grandpa. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, obviously, the issue with it. And my only issue with it is that for two days, it leaves you unsatisfied. Uh, yeah. I remember watching it and I'd be thinking about it the rest of the day, the rest of the afternoon. Like, oh, I wonder what way this is going to go now, you know, whatever. I wasn't very old, so I wasn't, yeah. you know, well, actually, it or whatever. You make, a, you make a good point there because, in fact... Uh, each case was dramatised entirely, but mm. was judged by an actual jury. It was, yes. It was a jury of the general public. As such, each episode had two alternative endings written. Yes. Depending on the way that the jury went. Yes. What a, what a programme, what a show. Now, when we, we've been playing around with the idea of doing a podcast about television for some time. Yeah. And Crown Court was one of the early iterations that we thought of. Yeah, it was. Uh, Crime Crime Watch was another. Yeah. Uh, sitcoms has been another. Yeah. Uh, we eventually, we've eventually settled on this, which bullshit. covers more or less all of it. Yeah. But initially the plan was going to be to do the Crown Court episode featuring the recently departed... And much missed Jeffrey Palmer, yes, who was the subject of another one of our podcast ideas, Jeff TV, yeah, yeah, where we were going to watch everything Jeffrey Palmer had ever made. And one of the things that put us off that was that you didn't want to be responsible for Jeffrey Palmer's death. Yeah, I was like, um, when we were talking about it, I was like, if we start doing this and people are listening yeah. to it, and then he dies. And he yeah. is like ninety something years old, or however old he was. Ninety four. Well, was yeah. He? It turned out that uh, that was a very real risk, and you'd foreseen. Yeah, I remember having that conversation with you, and it was. I was just like, I'm uneasy about it for some reason. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah. you know, much as I really, really would love to. And now we're doing this, so I don't know. Yeah. How well, the gonna... beauty of this format is that we can shovel in more or less whatever the hell we all like, of the, all yeah. of the Palmers that we want. But the episode of Crown Court with Jeffrey Palmer in, unfortunately, has been relegated. So Jeffrey Palmer will feature in the new year. I can guarantee it. But this is a very special episode of Crown Court. Mm. 
And it's an episode of Crown Court that I, I brought your attention to the other day. And you were like a dog with a bone. You were like, what? Mm. I had no idea. It is an episode of Crown Court called Treason. It is. And it is the only capital case ever featured in the 879 episodes of Crown Court. It deals with the trial of a Belgian Congolese man accused of trying to organise an armed uprising in a, I believe, fictitious Caribbean island, Santa Isabella, while he was a resident of the UK. And he is on trial for high treason. Mm. Now, fans of the law may know this, but uh, until 1998, uh, the, the Crime and Disorder Act of 1998... Treason in the UK was punishable by death. Mm. This is uh, this is some high stake shit. That yeah, we're dealing with. I mean, I, I just want to get you know my my objections out of the way first because I want to talk it up because it's really really good and you should definitely watch it. I do not believe that a treason case would just be heard under such normal circumstances. In such a normal court. Fulchester Crown Court. Fulchester Crown Court. No, I think you're probably right. I mean, you have to remember... I mean, there would be... If there was a treason trial going on, there would be an absolute media scrum. Well... And there would have been in 19-whatever year this was. This was... the 19th to 21st of September 1973, this 1973. first broadcast. Yeah, you do have to remember that the last person to be executed for treason in the UK at all yeah. was executed in 1946. So, supposing this had been real, yeah. you know, you're, you're looking at it being the first case, the treason case, in 26 mm. years. So and the other thing it's is... It's going to be at the Old Bailey, isn't it? Uh, yeah. And the other thing is, if somebody is committed a, a, or found guilty of treason, then it's just the death penalty and that's it. Yep. Because the thing is, that the way that I see it, there is a difference between... And this, don't get me wrong, this man is a scumbag. Horrible, you yep, know. Yep, 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 yep. But... How many people do they kill in this attempted coup? Uh, I believe 25 people die. So 25 people. Including 13 Marines and British citizens who are right. in the, uh, the, the the sort of reception party right. when the, when the uh, attempted coup lands. Now, I'm not saying that this isn't tragic for their families. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. if he'd attempted actually seriously attempted an armed uprising against the Houses of Parliament or whatever and shot 200 people or, you know, planted a bomb that killed 5,000 people or, you know, committed an act of really high treason. If he pulled a Guy Fawkes, yeah. then, okay, I, you know, I don't agree with it, but I can understand why at the severest end, if they think this is the severest thing, then the death penalty. But there's no sliding scale below that. No, I'm not. I don't believe that there was. And nowadays, actually, there is. You can get you can get a bit of a 
you know, a bit of treason. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that, that makes more sense. Prison for a little yeah. while. That that makes more sense. Then the other thing is, of course, that um, it's not the death penalty anymore, is it? No, nowadays it's uh, up to a whole life tariff in prison. But if you are found guilty of treason, whether or not you get life in prison or not, you are disqualified from ever holding public office again. And you lose your right to vote. Right. Apart from in local elections, thus proving how little local elections matter. Yeah. I was surprised that he just went straight for the black cap. Straight for it. Like, fuck it up, mate. Um, yeah. You know, you and Harry. The jury has been out for over three hours now. Members of the jury, are you agreed on your verdict? Yes. Do you find the prisoner Georges Albert Clément guilty or not guilty of treason? Guilty. Is that the verdict of you all? Yes. George Albert Clément, you have been found guilty of treason, the gravest crime known to law. You knowingly and deliberately led an insurrection against Her Majesty the Queen and her duly elected ministers. You willingly caused the deaths of some 25 people, at least 13 of whom were Her Majesty's subjects. The sentence of this court is that you shall be taken from here to a lawful prison and from thence to a place of execution where you shall be hanged by the neck until you are dead and that your body be afterwards buried in the precincts of the prison in which you shall have been confined before your execution. And may the Lord have mercy on your soul. Here's, uh, here's, some, here's some notable people who've been uh, executed for treason. Oh, right, OK. Uh, Anthony Babington. OK. He He plotted to... Get Mary Queen of Scots released. Okay. Uh, Sir Walter Raleigh, Guy Fawkes, right, yeah. William Wallace, yeah. Perkin Warbeck. Who? Perkin Warbeck was the great pretender. He pretended to be one of the princes in the Tower to lay claim to the British throne and was executed in 1499. Right, and that was considered treason then? Yeah. Oh. Um, for uh, two of Henry VIII's wives were yep. executed for treason, Catherine Howard and Anne Boleyn. Yeah, uh, and I think one of the more notable cases of treason, of course, was King Charles the First. Ah, yes, was convict found guilty of treason, despite the fact that treason is usually an act against the crown, which was indeed him. him. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> but the last person to be executed for treason in the UK. Yeah, actually has quite a bearing on this case. Mm. The last person to be uh, executed for treason was William Joyce. Ah, yes. Lord Haw Haw himself. Germany calling, Germany calling, Germany calling. And he is notable because he was American-born, Irish citizen who later took German citizenship. So at no point had he ever been a UK citizen. Right. And essentially, he was guilt, found guilty of treason because he had affected UK citizenship in a number of passport applications and as such was afforded all of the rights of a UK citizen. And, the you know, he was <laughs> under he was under crown protection when he, for, yeah. for example, when he's in Berlin. He was under yeah. crown protection as a as a UK citizen, mm-hmm. 
so he he was uh, he was executed now it has been suggested that as he was essentially executed for a fraudulent passport application rather than treason but he was a prick so you know no i mean yeah i'm not convinced by that i mean the thing is i suppose that that gives an interesting little bit of background as to why they would have explained that residency thing and had that whole argument built into this yeah. episode. Protection and allegiance are reciprocal. Or as one judge said in olden days, protection draws allegiance and allegiance draw protection. In other words, if you or your family or your possessions lie within the protection of the realm, then no matter whether you are a citizen of that realm or not, you owe allegiance to that realm. If an alien live here and enjoy the benefit of the king's protection and committed treason, he shall be judged as a traitor. But the question is, was he plotting this rebellion then? He says he was not. Because if he was, he's clearly guilty of treason. He admits plotting this rebellion after he left this country, but he says that he had no intention of returning, that he had abandoned his possessions to his wife, and that he had abandoned his wife and child. Well, it's my duty to direct you, members of the jury, that if that story is true, he is not guilty of treason. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. It just so happens that one of the benefits of, 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 of this British citizenship that you can affect through residency is the opportunity to make a one-way trip to the gallows. Yeah, but I mean... In this case, in this particular case, although we don't know, know. You know, uh, they, don't, they don't, just to be clear, they don't end... With the with an act, they don't with him swinging, or even an acted out, it ends with the verdict. I suspect that such a case would be. Um, this is September nineteen seventy three, yep. so at that point, Britain had been in the EC for nine months, and I don't think that the government, under such circumstances, would have had much alternative but to commute it to a life sentence. Possibly not. Um, just in fact, the last. Because it was EU, it was EU law that got treason written off the statute book. I think yeah. it was incompatible with the um, bit of human rights. Or yeah. Something. So uh, look at, looking forward to Brexit. Yeah, that's coming. That's that's one thing that nobody's talked about yet. But that is so coming um, back. The case in this particular episode, or these three episodes, it's across three twenty-five minute episodes is yeah. Georges Clément, who is a yeah. Belgian Congolese man born in the Congo. He lost all of his uh, coffee plantation after the uh, Congolese uprising. And oh, well. uh, it seems to have turned him into what can only be described as a devious, dastardly, bitterly, bitterly racist... racist. Uh, mercenary. Yeah, I mean, I'm fairly certain that he was all of those things apart from a mercenary. Yeah. I think actually, before he became a mercenary, I think that the mercenary is 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 an outlet for all I the reckon other things. I've got three three points where I feel that his defence failed in this case. The first, yes. the first one yes. is he did it. Right, that's the first one. Yeah. The second, the second point yeah. is he admits that he did it in court. <laughs> that that's yes. a big mistake. He wasn't even the f- 
fucking witness no. at the time. He wasn't even in the dock. Are you disputing that Mr. Clement was involved in this uprising? Certainly, my lord. The prosecution has brought forward no proof whatsoever. You're wasting time. Uh, Mr. Clement. Lawyers confuse everything. I'm an honourable man, a soldier. I led the landing on Santa Isabella. I do not deny it. Look, Mr. Clement, you must not interrupt. I tell the truth, I was there. I was a soldier fighting for a cause I believe to be right. Mr. Clement, I must advise I have you. spoken. Uh, and then the third point, he spends most of the trial being angry, outspoken and racist. Now, I've yeah. sat on a jury and there is a point to which, obviously, you, you know, they're only, they're only 12 people in the end. And if you are... Um, yeah a more sympathetic character then chances are you're probably going to get a more sympathetic view of you uh he he came he came across as uh, an angry racist mercenary who it later turns out beats his wife (laughs) as well yeah i mean if you were if you were sitting on the jury there and he's carrying on like that what would you think I mean, I presume the perception is he's too fucking crazy yeah. to care what you think. I mean, you know, I am a man of conviction, whatever it is. He you says. do have to wonder how Such much bullshit. of it was pantomimed to make sure that the jury came to that guilty verdict. Possibly, although, although to be fair, to be fair, there was a tendency. For that sort of thing to happen in court at the time. If you've ever seen the Baden-Meinhof complex. Yeah. The movie. The German film about the the, uh, the Red Army faction. Their court cases frequently ended up with them just standing around shouting and doing what they liked and whatever. Because at the end of the day they were fanatics. Yeah. And I, I, I don't necessarily think that the way that he behaved is out of keeping with how somebody might have behaved no, under those circumstances. Now, what impression did you form of the defendant's character while you were in the Congo? Well, he's a hard man, physically brave, not unintelligent, but he's like all the mercenaries, a nutter. Do you mean that Mr. Clement was insane? Well, no, not exactly. Well, what do you mean, Mr. Well, Chase? I mean he's the kind of guy you can't reason with. Can I give you an example of how he behaved? Very well. I was in a small market town when his men took him. It's a small place on the Katanga border called Juba. There was very little local resistance. The gendarmerie had fled. Now, his men arrived in that town and went straight to the bars and houses, just like they always did. They found a bar with some liquor and they started celebrating. Now, that bar had been booby-trapped. A bomb went off. Seventeen of his men were killed. He went loco. He rounded up the local townspeople and asked them who put the bomb in the bar. Nothing happened, so he's shocked. 17 Africans there and then. But that is the great thing about Crown Court. The whole thing rings true. You're absolutely sucked in by the the whole bit. The first yeah, witness yeah, yeah. Uh, is played by Michael Elphick. It is. Who puts on an Australian accent and pretends that he is Simon Chase, yeah. a uh, freelance television reporter specialising in wars, famines, coup d'etat, etc., it's not the best Australian accent. It's not the best Australian accent. And also, Michael Elphick portrays Neville Griffith's QC in several episodes of oh, right. Crown Court. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, which adds to the sort of repertory feel of the whole thing, I think. But it's Michael Elphick. It's Boone doing an Australian accent. But you don't care because it's fascinating and compelling stuff. And when this Congolese nutcase starts standing up and hectoring the court, it does seem absolutely in keeping with his character. It's a very, very good example, I think, for people who make television programmes of how to convey a story and character mm. in, in quite limited ways in terms of time. There's no opportunity for flashbacks, particularly. There's no opportunity for great character exploration. Everything yeah. you're going to learn has to be framed within that courtroom setting yeah, and yeah. the evidence that's being given. And it's, they do a great job time and time and time again. Yeah, it's very interestingly paced. You don't, Do you know what I mean? You've got to bear in mind that a treason trial would be an extremely long trial. Yeah. What you're watching here is basically edited highlights. But the yeah, editor's I mean, done a really good job of it. That's the thing. The editor has sewn it all together so it looks like you're watching one long seamless experience. The way that they do that, or one of the ways in which they do that, and I don't know if this is intentional or not, you know, I'm not a television director, is that they do stretch some things out. There's one bit where he goes to where the, about they're talking about a recording of a telephone call. Yeah. Which is they being bugged his phone. Yeah, they bugged his phone. Special branch. Yeah. And um the guy uh, has a reel-to-reel tape player. Yep. And they do it completely. He plays it, and then they rewind it back, and it takes a few seconds, and it's weirdly slowed down because everything else is compressed. You know, like you said, no word is wasted. Mm. Everything has its, you know, point in this structure. And, of course, by 1973, they're starting to get into the swing of it, uh, it's been going for a year and it's now in a it's already in a position in which it's a formula that works and a formula that will also be endlessly interesting and endlessly watchable and endlessly cheap to make yeah it's exactly Fantastic. what you want as a as a as a as a program company it's exactly what you want yeah and it's, um, I mean, they don't make, they do not make TV like this anymore. Oh, no, they absolutely don't. I TV mean, you know, what's is the nearest absolutely e- the poorer for it. Yeah, what's the nearest equivalent now? Judge Judy. <laughs> you know, that's the thing is that everything has to be hammed up nowadays. And that's even encroached into your normal everyday life. Yeah. You can't be like anybody on the cast of Crown Court anymore. That's not how people act, you know? It's weird, isn't it? It is weird. Um, it's, oh God, it's a thoroughly entertaining program. But it is a terrific, terrific way to spend an hour and a half. And of course, and that's, you know, that's the great thing about the modern age, is that not only um, are they available to stream free of charge, illegally uploaded, I've no doubt, but that ain't, that ain't my issue. Yeah. Um, Fight the power. But it'll even auto next play the next episode without you doing anything. It just finds it. I, I, I can be as nostalgic for the past as anybody. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. But no, that's that's fantastic. And they're, they're all sandwiched together. You can watch a whole lot in 90 minutes. I watched it in one hit. Yesterday afternoon, the kids were just playing and running around the room, and I just happened to have it on in my phone, yeah. just, wa- just watching it. Um, imagine that? They didn't realise that a man was on trial for his life. No, they wouldn't have liked that. Phone. No, they wouldn't have liked that. No. Yeah, well. But uh, it was, no, it was it was terrific, terrific entertainment. I really enjoyed it. But, um, I mean, we should probably talk a little bit about the, the mechanics of the Cates. Because, you know. Because why not? Because why not? Well, no, I guess because the thing is that immediately I was like, he's guilty. Of course he is. Look at him. Look at that. He had a scar on his face. He did have a big old scar on his face, which was a a relic of um, when his compound, his um, coffee plantation was taken from him. And he was, they attempted to behead him and they killed his wife. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, blah, blah. It doesn't excuse you being it a big old racist, yeah, it's weird, pal. isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't matter, does it? Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh well. Yeah. If you want people to feel sorry for you, then it's up to how you live your life after that. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. No, you don't get is... carte blanche just because somebody's killed your wife and uh, yeah. messed your cheek up, mate. Yeah. And, and like I say, it was just, it was so kind of clear from straight away. I was quite satisfied more or less immediately of the way that this case was going to turn out. Because I didn't think the defence barrister was very good. His no. case wasn't very good. And he was just continually trying to sidetrack onto things which could quite easily. Um, because I was doing it sitting, watching, you know, from the future uh, on my phone. That's not yeah. even relevant. That's not even relevant. Why does that matter? Well, the, the, I think... He, the and I'd be thinking is, the same thing if I was on the jury. Obviously, the burden is, as always, with the prosecution. What the defence essentially had to prove in this case is that he was under no duty to the British Crown and that he, his, wife, his marriage had broken down, that he had, he'd signed over his property... And therefore, he he wasn't a British citizen. He wasn't resident in Britain, and he had nothing in Britain. It it was quite clear and obvious. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was you know he he's running a fucking hotel. Yeah, it's just you know there's all these people lining up and going. Yeah, they're just like a normal marriage. I mean, ultimately, he there were three witnesses for mm. the defence. Uh, one was him, and he yeah. he he gave quite a, an angry. An outraged uh, and not particularly impressive account of himself. <laughs> or, One help, was he... or helpful if he wanted to stay, if he didn't want to get hung. Yeah, one was his soon-to-be ex-wife because A, they were getting divorced and B, he got the death penalty. Yeah. And the other one was an expert in audio engineering who yes. was there to try and prove that the phone taps had yeah. been erroneously 
spliced yeah. and created. But he turned out to be an anarcho-communist. Yeah, he was he saying, lived... he was saying, could you hear it? Can you hear it? And there was clearly nothing to hear. Yeah. <laughs> there it was bring... quite clearly. Because uh, I was listening to it the first time around going, well, well I don't know, you know, they're going to go back and they're going to say something about the call. You know, so I need to be yeah. paying attention. When I went back and he, and he started giving it all this, he said, look, I'll play it. And I was like, but that didn't happen. There was, uh, there's a very real chance that Arnold Parker, lecturer at the local university, may also have been a member of Albion Free State. Yeah, that's not not inconceivable. It is definitely not inconceivable. And in fact, at the end of his testimony was the first eruption from uh, Georges Clément. Yeah. When he said that he was there, he was a soldier fighting for a cause that he believed in. And uh, I, I wrote down, this was perhaps, legally speaking, a bad decision. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, certainly, you know, Mr. Jeremy Parsons, QC, looked very happy. He probably um, should have just pled guilty at the start of it. And, you know. He should have brought his own rope. Because if your entire argument is, yeah, I did it, but I don't think it should be against the law. I did it, but I'm not British, so yeah. fuck you. And, and I did it, but I meant it. I did it, I meant it, but I'm not British, so even fuck. though I lived yeah. in Britain, and this was a British overseas territory at the time. Yeah. So fuck you, fuck the horse the Queen rode in on, Yeah. <laughs> fuck everyone. That, <laughs> yeah, that's not you. a good strategy. Not guilty. I, I instruct you to find me not guilty. Even though I am guilty... And I'd do it again. If you <laughs> if you if you let me, I'll do it again. And again. Uh, yeah, I hate um, you. I hate you all. Yeah. I hate Prince Charles. <laughs> <laughs> what was what were your favourite, least favourite and uh, other bits? Uh favourite bit was the the tape guy. Because oh, yeah. I was clearly from the off I was like, he's talking out of his arse. Yeah. And he looked like he was a communist as well. Yeah. Let's not kid ourselves. Least favourite bit, I wasn't particularly convinced by the scar on his cheek, I have to say. <laughs> um, it looked like it was just about to peel off. Well, possibly it was. But as um, you say, these were cheaply produced. Yeah, and like so, I say, the the best thing about it um, is just undoubtedly that it was there. Three oh. days a week. Damn um, Every week. And uh, you could, yeah, and you you could switch it on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, same time, and it would just, it was good quality repertory acting, acting out interesting, well written, concisely tight, well dialogued court cases. Yeah, and it had it's, Richard Wilson in it, and I don't believe Which it. You, I mean, I know for a fact that you couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe um, it. I don't um, believe it. I've been, I've been, I've been WhatsApping him. I don't believe it in what I could best describe as a Richard Wilson. It actually for the I last say, few days, yeah, it's it was pretty good. I've got to say, as impressions it carried entirely in text go. Well, I've got a bit of a, I've got a bit of a cold at the moment, so yeah. you know that helps. I don't believe it. My favourite, my favourite thing is so it's so difficult to pick. I liked it when Doc Morrissey got the old black tea towel out. Yeah, that's always good. Always well, a not, bit of not fun. For, 
not for him. But. I like the fact there was no closing music at the end of the final episode because obviously there was the gravity of the case. Yeah. Uh, but I think ultimately my favourite thing was at the end of the second episode when it was put to him that, you know, if he were an experienced, seasoned mercenary, why would he go about planning what he was planning on yeah. a phone where everyone could hear it? Yeah. And then he, he he gives an absolutely maniacal laugh. Now, Chief Superintendent Lane has produced recordings of telephone conversations you were alleged to have had with Hendrik Duplessis. Do you remember these uh, conversations? I do, exactly. Do these recordings accord with your recollection? No, they do not. In what way are they different? Names have been added, places. You are of the opinion that these recordings have been tampered with? Of the opinion? We are not fools and amateurs. You think we would name names, give details of arms where anyone could have been listening? <laughs> And <laughs> I mean, he was already doing pretty badly in this. Yeah, case. yeah. Oh god, yeah. No, I mean, but I think was... up to the maniacal laugh, that was God. You've shagged that, mate. There, I didn't have a least for it. I just, I just fucking love Crown Court. I, I think yeah. they should either remake it or just show. It. There's 879 yeah. episodes. Well, I think uh, I've got a feeling it's on one of the satellite channels. I it might. I think on on like or one one of the Freeview channels. I've got a feeling it might well be at the moment. If it isn't, it if it isn't, it has been in the last couple of years. Put it back on ITV because if ITV honestly think they've got anything better than this, and I I mean they treated it shoddily as it was because this should have been prime time TV viewing. It's mm, that quite plausibly good. Yeah. But you know what? What are you going to do? What you, I'm not going to tell ITV how to do their job. Actually, I have just done that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Fuck you all. <laughs> yeah. That's it for this series. Take yeah. My trousers off. Yeah, that's it for this series. But starting tomorrow. Yeah. Because we're nothing if not gluttons for This punishment. is the hollowest end to a series has ever been. Yeah. This is the end of the series. We'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> This is our Christmas Everest. 24 days, 24 Christmas specials. Oh. It's going to be fucking terrible. The first so, one, we're actually, yeah. you've, you've just, I think we're starting off quite slowly, quite a, a, a yeah, mild one. Yeah, easing in gently. Satan Greavesy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm anticipating there's not going to be an awful lot of Christmas content. Maybe Greavesy will be dressed up as Father Christmas. Yeah, something like um, that. Maybe there'll be a sack joke, yeah. but mostly yeah. it's just going to be about the football matches that are coming up. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, the boxing day games. But but anyway, it is uh, after that. You know, yeah, if you think that we're that. going easy on ourselves, it we really aren't. I mean, yeah. this is going to suck. Yeah, it's going to suck rambles. It, yeah, I'm going to be so full of resentment and anger that I predict that by the time we yep. get to Christmas Day this year, I won't celebrate Christmas anymore yeah. for life. Oh, well, we'll see. Right, that's us done then. We will be back with our first day of our Advent calendar tomorrow. Thanks very much for listening, and goodbye.